See, when you start that journey with God, you enter into a true, authentic life experience with the Holy Spirit. And you come to know God intimately in your own personal journey and walk with Him. Not through what you read in a book, but by the living encounter of Him revealing Himself in you and to you. There can be no surer foundation for your walk with Him and for your experience with Him than that place of living revelation. True experience becoming a real, true, authentic revelation of who He is in my life and securing me in Him in a way that I've come to experience who He is. That is the journey that we've been called to. That is the walk that God has called us to. That is our rock and our sure place in Him. That becomes that unshakable place in us where we are founded upon a rock. Just like Jesus told Peter when He had that supernatural revelation of the Father and where He spoke by the Spirit when He said that Jesus was the Christ on earth. And Jesus turned to him in John chapter 6 and he said, Peter, what you've just spoken was not spoken from the realm of a natural man speaking in a natural world, but what you've just said you have received by divine revelation of my Father, the light of the Spirit, enlightened your innermost being to see something that only my Father could reveal to you. And upon this rock, which is the revelation that you just experienced, the divine impartation that you just shared and that you just got to experience, upon that rock, my church will be built because each and every one of my children will walk in that realm of divine revelation with me, of divine inspiration, where they will know what they know, not because somebody else told them what to know, and that they will experience what they experience, not by reading about the experiences or hearing about the experiences of others, but where they will personally encounter me in a personal, real spirit impartation that will become a revelation in them and that will secure them to a place that even if everything around them shakes, they will never be shaken or overtaken by evil, but they will be firmly established in what has been revealed in them and in what they've come to know of me. The very first thing that you've got to make out for yourself is you've got to choose to trust the Holy Spirit over and above everything else in your life. You've got to come to the position where you come out of the boat of that which provided security and religious security in your life 
to stand in a position where you trust the Holy Spirit to guide you and to teach you and to lead you into all truth. That is the beginning of a spiritual walk with God. The second thing that you have to decide is that you've got to be willing to receive the divine inspiration of truth as the Holy Spirit will begin imparting revelation into your life that will come to challenge those things that you've held on to for so long. Those things that you've been taught, those things that has really shaped your belief system, shaped your mind, shaped your worship, as He comes to challenge those things, you will have to choose to allow Him to do so. And you will have to receive that divine impartation when it comes, even if you do not understand it, and even if it comes to shake every religious foundation in your life that has been a secure place for you, you will have to allow Him to change you, because that is why revelation comes. It doesn't come to teach us more about God. It comes to transform us into the likeness and into the image of God. It comes to renew us, to renew our mind and our understanding, that we will walk in a new understanding, a spiritual dimension of seeing, of hearing, and of perceiving, truly coming to know God as He is, and walking with Him in the living presence and person of who He is. This process of change never ends. It is a continual process wherein you are changed from glory to glory. What does that mean? It means that you are going to look into the glory of God because that's what revelation does. It causes you to see in the spirit. It comes to reveal something about God, something about his glory in your life. And as you look and see this, and as you receive the impartation of that revelation in your inner man, you are changed into the likeness of the glory that you see. You are changed into that very facet of who God is. The glory that's revealed to you about this person comes to change you so that you may become that glory and that that revelation may, may become a living part of who you are. And in that way, you are changed from one dimension of glory to the next dimension of glory, and that by the Spirit, as you behold, and as you see, and as revelation keeps coming, and as the Holy Spirit keeps imparting His revelation into your life. That is the purpose for revelation, and in a spiritual walk with God, that never ends. There is always a greater glory, always a deeper dimension of understanding, of knowing, and of receiving of God and being changed into that place of 
coming into his likeness so that his likeness may also come in you so that you may become the radiant expression not him in you but you being changed you being transformed in his likeness so that you may become in your person in your personality in your character in your nature you may become the expression of who he is being influenced by his personality by his nature and by his character imparted and being formed in you to a place where you and he have become inseparable in your union with another that is the journey of the spirit and that is the journey to which god calls each one of us as true authentic sons of his spirit to know him and to walk with him in a dimension of his glory constantly being revealed in us and constantly coming to change us into being that light reflection of who he is these key principles are the keys to entering and to walking and maintaining a life in the spirit now what does such a life in the spirit produce in you what is the fruit of this union with god of coming into this place where the holy spirit becomes so real in your life and where there's really such an expression of who he is in you where you are joined together and changed to become the very likeness of god what is the experience what is the fruit what does this produce in your life then i want to say that it firstly produces a relationship with god that cannot be experienced or known in any other way except in union with christ you will come to walk in a revelation in a true relationship with him that surpasses anything that you could ever hope to understand where you will become so united with him so one with his presence that you will no longer need to attend a church service to come into his presence but where you will begin living in his presence every moment of every day the holy spirit will become such a reality in your life that he will become more real to you in his person than anything else on this earth that surrounds you or anything in this earth that you encounter on a daily basis his very life presence and person will become real to you you will enter a place of union and communion where a personal communion a face-to-face -face walk with god will become a true reality in your life you will enter a place of revelation where the holy spirit will begin sharing the gems 
and the very treasures of the deep things of God with you, drawing them out of the heart of the Father and sharing them with you, not just so that you can go and share it with others, but because He wants to share it with you, because He wants you to come to know Him in a unique way and because He desires to build a unique, intimate relationship and walk with you. And finally, you will come to discover the true you. As you enter this wonderful, unique relationship with the Holy Spirit, He will draw out of you who you truly are, and He will show you how He created you to be as an individual person, as a unique frequency, and as a unique individual, and how He destined for you to live your life in a way that He could express Himself in and through you in a unique way, and wherein He chose to be glorified through your life in a way that is unique to your life, to your personality, to your individual person. That is what God ultimately wants for your life. This is not a corporate walk with God. It's very much individual. And God is interested in showcasing himself to the world through the unique you that he created. And to do so through that unique relationship, that personal intimacy, that personal walk that you are about to discover with him as you choose to step out of religious conformity, as you leave the boat behind you and put your full trust in him and say, come and remodel me. Come and remodel my thinking, remodel my understanding. I so desire to know you for who you truly are. And I trust you and believe you with my whole life that if I come to you and I ask of you, Holy Spirit, to become a partaker of you, you will not poison me, you will not harm me, and you will not lead me on a wrong way, feeding me stones rather than living bread. Just as my elder brother Jesus said, I trust you with my whole life. I believe you and what you are going to share with me. I open my heart to and say, come and impart your life in me that I may truly know you, that I may enter that place of really, truly worshiping you where it will not be about the religious thing. Should we worship on this mountain? Should we worship on that mountain? Should this be the way that we do it? Oh, no, no. Maybe it's that way. And having all of those religious indifferences, 
but that you, Holy Spirit, will come to cut a highway through religion and to cut a highway through the religious beliefs that's being vested in me through the influence of men and their perceptions about you, that you will come and reveal yourself in me as you truly are. And as you do that, I know my life will become a authentic worship melody to be heard in heaven and to bring you great glory. I will enter that place of true worship. Worship in the spirit because that is what you desire. You are a spirit and you seek those who worship you in the spirit and in the truth of really coming to worship in the realm of the spirit, to walk in the true, truthful realm of knowing you as you are. The Lord Jesus bless you as you choose to enter that spiritual walk with God. God bless you until we speak again shortly. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to challenge you today by the Holy Spirit and say that God did not call you to conform to any religious system, to conform to any religious worship, to conform to any religious beliefs, traditions, or the ways in which men have taught you to follow Him, see Him, to perceive Him, to experience Him, and to worship Him. The Holy Spirit called you to a place of unique identity, a place where you would discover your true self as who God created you, why He created you, and in what way He chose for you to bring glory to His name on this earth. The Holy Spirit comes to draw you into a personal, intimate revelation of coming to know God in spirit and in truth and into a place of worship where you are led of the Spirit in your worship, where the Holy Spirit becomes your teacher, your guide, your friend, revealing God in you and to you in ways that He alone can do and in ways He alone can communicate the secret treasures from the very vault of the heart of God as pearls in your life. Treasures that at the end of the day come to become a living part of who you are and to transform you to become as He is in this world, to change you into the likeness of who He is and into the brilliance of His person, to come and reprogram or remake or renew your mind, the way that you've been programmed to think about Him, the way that you've come to understand Him, to come and change all of those religious ways in you so that you may truly have 
the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your mind being opened to come into that living, intimate walk and intimate revelation with Him where you can see Him as He is and as you gaze into His glory, as you gaze into the truth, as you see Him, you see yourself in Him because as He is, so you have been called to be. You have been born out of God, not as a separate entity, but as being His very flesh and His very bones on this earth. You have been called and you have been born of His Spirit in His likeness. And as you continue on this wonderful spiritual journey with Him, you are constantly being changed and being renewed in your inner man to be joined together with Him in complete union and oneness so that you may become the very radiant expression in who you are, in the unique person that you are, that He may be able to express Himself in and through you in this world. Your journey with God is an individual and a personal journey, a journey of walking in the Spirit, a journey of intimacy and of union and communion with the Holy Spirit. That is why Jesus came, so that you may enter into that life experience that you can only experience through Him and through receiving Him in becoming and being empowered to become a true Son of God that has personal and intimate fellowship with God just as He shared it on earth with His Father. He came to pioneer the way for you and I to be able to share what He had in His human form on earth and what He shared in communion and intimacy with His Father as a human being on earth. You know, when you study the ministry of Jesus, you find Him announcing exactly what He has been commissioned and sent and empowered to do. And you can read about this in your Bible in Luke 4 verse 18, where He enters the synagogue. He enters the church of that time and He announces that He has been sent and empowered and commissioned of God and of the Holy Spirit to release those that have been imprisoned, to open, to open the eyes of those who have become blind and to release those from captivity who has become prisoners, to heal those that have been wounded and to restore those that have been bruised to announce the year of freedom and of celebration and of jubilee in the house of God. And at first, his audience were amazed at the words flowing from his lips 
they could just see how Jesus would do all of these wonderful things for all of those sinners out there until he explained to them that he was really talking to them, that he really came to deliver them from a prison of religion whom they've become captives of until they understood that he was telling them that they have become blind in the way that they see God, perceive God, and that religion has really caused them to be blinded in the way that they worship God until they understood that it was them that he came to heal and that it was them that he was coming to restore back to a true and authentic walk in the spirit and a religious house that has lost complete contact with God. When they heard this, their whole attitude towards Jesus changed and they tried to throw him off the first cliff that they could find. You see, the whole ministry of Jesus came as a ministry of delivering the captives that have been caught up in religion, that have been caught up in a system that taught them about God, but that really kept them from ever truly coming to know God. And in many ways, as I said before, a lot of tradition, a lot of teachings, and a lot of the ways in which we've been taught in how we should worship God and in what is expected of us, a lot of those things have been influences in our lives that stem from the very same religious spirit and religious walk that has been carried over through centuries and that is still very much alive in our Christian faith and in our Christian places of worship, in our Christian traditions, and even in our Christian Bible schools, and in many of the teachings that we receive. Now, you may recognize some of these things in your life. You may say, I sense and I feel the Holy Spirit showing me certain areas in my life where I've become religious in my way of following God. And I so desire to come into that place where I will be free from every religious kind of following and where I can truly step into the dimension of knowing God in the very person and expression of the life of His Spirit. I would really like the life of the Spirit to come and replace my experience and replace the religious way in which I've walked with Him in that particular area of my life. Maybe that's your heart cry as you listen to this. And then the question arises, how do I do that? How do I enter that spiritual walk with God? How do I step away from this religious kind of walk and really come into that place where I can experience the Spirit in such a real and authentic and powerful way in my life?
And then I want to say the very first thing that you've got to be willing to do in order to enter a spiritual walk with God is that you've got to be willing to walk on water. You've got to be willing to step out of the boat of tradition and the boat of religious teaching and out of the boat of those things that has become your secure belief system and that has become the very foundation of what is being laid in you in your understanding of who God is. You've got to be willing to take a step of faith to step away and out of that boat of security to come to stand on the water with the Holy Spirit, to come and walk on the water with Christ and to enable Him to come and reveal Himself in you and to you in a brand new way and to teach you things that you may have never come to know or to understand about Him. That is the first step. A walk in the Spirit is a walk on water. It is a faith walk with God. Many of us profess to have that, and yet we remain in the boat. But a true authentic journey in the Spirit and with the Holy Spirit will always call us to walk on water and to allow Him to show us who He truly is, to reveal in us who we are and how we are called to truly walk with Him. That is the first choice that you have to make in your life. Father, I don't want to know you in a way of knowing you through what I have learned you to be. I want to know you in the way of you personally coming to reveal yourself in me and to me. I truly want to know you in spirit and in truth. I want to know you through that personal, intimate revelation of you coming to teach me who you are, who you really are. I don't want to know that you are my protector because Psalm 91 records David as saying that. I want to know that you are my protector through my personal experience and encounter with you and in you where I've come to know you in a way that I know just as David knew through living experience that you are truly my protector and that you are my secure place, that you are my rock and my fortress, not because of what I read somebody else saying about their experience with you, but because of having come to my own living experience with you. Friends, I welcome you in the wonderful name of Jesus. This is Johan van der Woofen speaking. And uh, today in this session, I would like to speak to you about the lie of religion. There are many definitions for religion, but very few people recognize 
that religion is alive and well within the Christian faith. In fact, in many ways, the Christian faith has become a religion to many people, just as any other religion in the world is a religion to those who follow it. And there is a great difference between being born of the Holy Spirit and functioning within a spiritual experience, a spiritual journey, and a spiritual understanding and walk with God, and being religiously minded where you follow God in a way of approaching Him from the realm of the natural world, attempting to reach Him, attempting to please Him, and attempting to worship Him. And that really is the definition of what religion is. It is the attempt of man to communicate with God in a way other than doing so through the life and the living experience of his spirit and of being one with him in his spirit. It is the alternative produced by man to reach God, to please God, and to worship God. To understand the difference between a religious experience and a spiritually led walk with God, we've got to understand that whatever we do in our lives concerning our walk and our journey with God, concerning our way of worship, whatever we do that is not directly inspired by the Holy Spirit and as a result of his leading and his inspiration becomes nothing more than a religious act from our side. And this is so important to understand because to a great extent religion has managed to infiltrate the way people worship, to infiltrate the church to infiltrate the belief systems of so many believers because there are so many things that we do corporately not because we are inspired to do them by the Spirit but because we are religiously taught that it is what is expected of us to do in order not to disappoint the people around us in order to fit in with the system of churchianity and of following God in a religious way and in many ways we are taught that it is what God expects of us in order to be well-pleasing to Him. All of those principles and all of those things are a religious walk with God. Walk in the Spirit is quite different. It has no preset rules or predetermined concepts that we need to follow in order to please. You take a very practical and simple example of what I'm speaking of and just think about a normal worship service in a church. Think about the time where the words call on everybody to lift their hands and now everybody then lifts their hands or everybody sings a certain lyric that is not authentic worship that is not led of the spirit 
That is us performing something from within ourselves, something that we've been taught by men, but that's not what worship ought to be, and that's not what offering a true sacrifice to God is all about. What God seeks from us is to be inspired in our worship. It is for you to lose yourself in a worship service to the point where you're not even aware who is around you or what they are doing in their worship towards God. It is not for you to repeat some song or to repeat some lyrics with a hundred other people and in that way you are offering a sacrifice of praise. It is in you being so caught up in the Spirit, being so drawn into the Holy Spirit, where you can truly come to a place of intimacy and of worship and of fellowship and of experience with God that would leave you in a place where you did not even recognize whether the music was loud, the music was soft, whether the keyboard player was on note, whether the music was good or was bad, whether other people were lifting their hands or whether they were even singing, none of those things should be on the horizon of registering with you if you are really and truly in a place where you've been led into worship of the Spirit. You would be caught up in such a dimension of intimacy and of revelation and of communion and union with God that you would be oblivious to what is happening around you in that particular worship service. That is just a very simple, practical example of how religion has really stolen that unique experience in many ways in our lives of coming to know God and experience Him in the dimension that He has truly called us and designed us to have and to experience with Him. You see, you were created as a spiritual being and you live within a body of clay in this natural world. But you were never designed to operate in the natural realm of this world. You were designed and created to be a spiritual being that would communicate with God and have communion with Him in a spiritual dimension. That is how God designed you to operate. Your five senses that's been given to you was not given to you to operate in the lower realm of this natural world. They were given to you to experience God, to be able to feel Him, to touch Him. They were given so that you would see Him, hear Him, and that you would have a living encounter with His spirit life and with His person and all that He is. And yet today, religion teaches us to study a book if we want to know more of God, to study the scriptures in order to hear His voice. And so we can carry on in many different ways to explain the difference between religiously approaching God and the experience of truly coming to walk with Him in an inner revelation of the Holy Spirit being able 
to communicate in us as we walk with him and communicate with him. Now, religion is not something that happens by chance. Religion is something that you are taught. It is an influence in your life. And in many ways, it is an influence that starts at a very early age for many people in their lives. It may start with your parents that belong to a certain religious institution where you grow up and where you are influenced from your childhood to start believing in a certain way, to start worshipping in a certain way. And those things at the end become foundations in your life that your whole belief system and your whole life would later on be settled upon as you continue in your adult life with God. Religion is also inspired through churches we attend, through teachings that we listen to, through Bible schools that we join, where certain belief systems and certain things are impressed upon us and, and influences our lives, many of which do not originate from divine inspiration, but from the understanding of men and how they interpret the scriptures to gain a better understanding of God. So many things that we are taught and come to believe are based upon the understanding of how others see and use scripture to define who God is. And so many times we understand things in a way that we've been taught to understand them. And exactly the same is true about the ways in which we should worship God, the way in which God operates, and the way that we ought to respond towards God. Many of those things and those key principles in our lives have become our personal perception and our personal understanding and beliefs about God because of the influences that we've received throughout a period of time. Religion in itself also conforms individuals to be classified and to be joined together in a corporate identity. When you look at all the different church systems that's been created, you can clearly see that. Just think about the Baptist church and how they are isolated and how all of the Baptists have been taught to follow a specific doctrine, a specific belief system. Let's think about the Pentecostal church or movement for just a moment and you have exactly the same thing. You've got a corporate body of people that believe the same thing, that understand the same thing, that worships God in the same manner because that is the identity that they've assumed and they too are sticking together and are clearly identifiable in their ways of worship, in their ways of belief, in their ways of prayer, in the way their services operate. So religion has the tendency to give you a gray suit identity. 
Whereas the Holy Spirit comes not to join you to a gray suit company, but to clothe you in a unique coat of many colors. You see, when we look at the life of Joseph, we so clearly see how he was clothed upon in the glory of God and how he stood out from the gray suit identity of the place in which his brothers were functioning who had really fitted in with society, with what was expected of them in being good brothers, good citizens at that time. And yet Joseph chose to wear the coat of many colors, to wear a unique identity, to dream a unique dream, to step into a unique experience with God, and to have a unique belief in his heart for his own life with regards to who God called him to be, who he was destined to be, and in what way God would be glorified in and through his life. When we look at Jesus, we see the coat of many colors upon him. We see him standing out in his generation amongst his brothers. We see how he experiences a unique experience with God that many others have no insight to. That just as the brothers of Joseph rejected Joseph because of the coat of many colors, because of the unique experience, the unique walk that he shared with God. In the same way, we see Jesus being rejected because of him being that unique expression of the Holy Spirit and the very radiance of the Spirit life of God being expressed through him. How that is misunderstood and how the gray suit company of religion and those who religiously followed God at the time and held to the principles that they've been taught and the traditions that they followed, how they really resisted the Holy Spirit in Jesus and how they really could not understand or define him, but rejected him at the end of the day for being indifferent to where they were saying different things, teaching different things, walking in an open revelation and dimension of the Spirit, being able to communicate and articulate God in a way that people have never come to know him, understand him, or see and perceive him as he truly is. That is the difference between a spiritual walk with God and what religion comes to do in our lives. 